Good morning, everyone. Welcome and Merry Christmas to you. I hope everybody, uh, uh, I hope no one floated away during this uh, weekend as we had a lot of rain, uh, but I'm glad that you are here today and it's good to be together to worship God this morning. Uh, We welcome everyone. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we celebrate this Christmas season and the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me remind everyone of the attendance sheet on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take that and to fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us. Uh, Just put your name, address, phone number, email, check the appropriate box on there, and we would certainly appreciate that. Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, On the table over here, we are still, uh, our children's department is still selling calendars as a fundraiser for our children. Uh, The new year is just right around the corner, and so if you want to know what day it is coming up next year, please stop by there and pick up one of those calendars. uh, The money goes towards our children's ministry. Also, uh, there's a basket on the other table uh, that we are using to collect eyeglasses. If you have some old eyeglasses that, uh, that you no longer use, uh, then please bring them by and drop them in there, and we will give them to the Lions Club. And they, they use those to, um, uh, for people who, are, who would not be able to afford glasses. And so that's a great ministry and a great way to, to retire some old glasses that are no longer being used. How long are we doing that? I don't know. How long are we doing that? We've taken one load, I guess. Okay, we'll just bring them on. (laughs) Bring them on and we'll get them there. Okay, uh, also, something special is coming up. I bet you our children can tell us what that is. What's coming up? Christmas? Did I hear Christmas? Yeah. And the day before Christmas is Christmas Eve, of course, and that's a, that's a very exciting day, and it's a day that we can celebrate the birth of our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We invite you to do that as we uh, gather on Tuesday evening for our Christmas Eve service. That will be at 5 o'clock Tuesday evening. It is a communion service. We're, we're open to everyone to come. Let me invite you to come, invite your friends to come. If you've never been to a Christmas Eve service here at Community Baptist Church, it is truly a a meaningful time, a fun time, and a time where we we truly worship our God and celebrate the birth of Jesus. Uh, So let me invite you to come for this special service on Christmas Eve at 5 o'clock, Tuesday evening. There will be no services on Wednesday. Uh, that's Christmas Day, so Merry Christmas to you. And, and no services the following Wednesday because that would be New Year's Day. Uh, so we'll take a little respite for a couple of weeks on our Wednesday's pro- programs, uh, but we'll uh, get them back going at the first of the year. It's great to have you here today, and we welcome you. And let me invite you now to welcome one another as we greet each other in the name of the Lord. Thank you. 
Today's reading is according to the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph spoke, when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did this. 
he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. everybody. If you were here for the big party yesterday, did you survive all the sugar? All right. We had a good party yesterday, didn't we? We're going to continue that on today. Do I'm sorry, Cookie. It's Christmas and I had to give them cookies and candy and sorry. That's just what we do. We party here. But, 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 but. Our church, we do party. We like to eat. We like to have fellowship. But you know what we also like to do? This church loves to serve others. Even when we're so busy, 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 we love to serve others. Let me give you a couple of examples. <coughs> and you guys have to help me with this. Do we need to thank Summer and Jika and Nibby and the choir? Why? Just cause. Just cause. How about because they practice and they bring us all this beautiful music? Can you help me? Tell them thank you. Thank you. Um, what about every one of our Sunday school teachers? All together. One, two, three. Thank you. This is what we call serving others. Uh, what about, and, and you guys might not even know this, Nathaniel and Jake sit back there at that table, and they serve all of us by doing the screen. What about them? Can we thank them? Thank you. Well, that's pretty weak. Let's try it one more time. They can't even hear you. Thank you. Um, what about uh, Vince Davis? Did you guys all see this manger scene? But did you notice the new stable on top? The new top on that table? Huh? Well, we didn't have a stable. And you know what? Greg asked Vince to do it. Did Vince do it? Of course. Thank you, Vince, for doing our stable. Oh, my gosh. Now, uh, just, you know, we could sit here until 11 o'clock tonight, but then we'd miss all kinds of things this afternoon. And so we just want to thank our church family. Okay? Come on, you guys. I know the sugar. Okay, now, look up at the screen here. I want you to see something really quick. How about Miss Mary? Thank you. <laughs> and I'm honored. Uh, uh, you guys, even though we go back to Children's Church and we have a wonderful time, you guys do a wonderful, wonderful job of serving others. Let's see what else we have up there. Next slide, guys. Next slide, guys. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Who's that 
Sarah? That's you and Trevor. Do you know how many people from this church helped with Bible school this year? Oh, my goodness, how fun was that? That was a fun week, wasn't it? Next slide, guys. Oh, and you know what? Even though we're so busy, we're still going to Pleasant Point today because we have developed such wonderful friendships up there. And you know what, Mr. Rick? Rick's agreed to go to Pleasant Point and sing. Uh Uh-huh. And then also... Yes, and anybody can go. We, we eat pizza here. We get up there at 1.30, and we only stay until 2.15. We also, and kids, you don't know this, I also understand that Santa and Mrs. Claus will be coming in today at Pleasant Point. What? Okay, all right. All right, so there's Sarah with one of our friends. You all might know some of our friends. Sarah, thank you for your service. Next slide. Uh, who's that? Where is Gracie? Oh, she's back there playing. That's right. And there's Sarah with Miss Janice. Go ahead. Sarah. I mean, Gracie. Sorry, Gracie. Oh, who's that? Jade. She always brings her smile to Pleasant Point. Go ahead. There's Allie. Thank you for your service, Allie. And there's Sarah. She's still smiling. You guys might think it's just fun to go up there, but you really are serving the Lord. You really are. Go ahead. Oh, there's Grace again. That's Miss Frances. There's Allie again with Miss Tina. You like Miss Tina, don't you? And even our youth, they just a little flirt with our little friends up there, and they just have a good time. So I just want to thank you all for what you're doing for our community and for our church family. Okay, you ready to go back to Children's Church? All right.
we pray with me? Our dear Heavenly Father, we pause at this busy time of our lives to give our gratitude. Our gratitude of health, of the life that we live, and of the world that we live in. Just as the precious and innocence of the gift of love was given to each of us, may we give back to you, to our friends, to our family, and to our world, the simple and majestic gift of love. Bless each of us here. Bless those who could not be with us at this time. We ask a blessing on our tithes and offerings. May they be used as instruments that help us to share your love to our world. Amen.
Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, choir. Um, don't you just love Christmas? If, if for no other reason, the music. I mean, it's, it's so beautiful this time of the year, and it kind of, I guess the music just makes all the headaches of the mall and the traffic and everything worthwhile. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Um, it, it was the day after Christmas, and Dad was tired and trying to take a nap, but his young son kept finding ways to interrupt his siesta. And so finally his father lost his patience and sternly said, go to my room and go now. So when the mother heard this, she asked, why did you tell him to go to your room and not his? And the father replied, are you kidding? Did you see all those Christmas presents this kid received? In his room he has a TV, an iPod, an iPad, an Xbox, and three new electronic games. If we want to punish him, we have to send him to our room. How very different our world is today from the world in which the Christ child was born. I doubt that Jesus ever even had a room of his own. But in today's story in the, from the Gospel of Matthew, Joseph and Mary are betrothed. And this is one, of the, one example of how things are different. You see, in those days, a betrothal was kind of like a modern-day engagement, except it was much more binding. An engagement in today's world can be expensive to break. You may not be able to return the ring, and you may not get your deposit back from the caterer. But being betrothed in the first century meant that the couple had already exchanged their vows, but they were not yet living together. And so the only way to end a betrothal was with a divorce. So when Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant after they had been betrothed, What do you think was going through his mind? He knew that he had not been with Mary in any kind of marital way, and so he naturally suspected that Mary had been unfaithful to him. And if something like that happened today, it would truly be hurtful to the other person involved. But Mary and Joseph lived in a time where strict biblical laws were observed. And if a betrothal a betrothed couple was found to be with child before the marriage. This brought shame to the entire family. Joseph's reputation would have been affected just as well as Mary's. So Joseph decided that he would divorce Mary, but be quiet about it. Now this in and of itself tells us something about Joseph. It tells us that Joseph was a very special man. Because, you see, even though he was devastated by the fact that his betrothed had apparently been unfaithful to him, he still didn't want to expose Mary to public humiliation. And even more important, Mary's pregnancy actually put her life in danger. Because if Joseph had accused Mary of adultery, which is how a betrayal during a betrothal would have been viewed, She could have been stoned to death. But Matthew tells us that it was not in Joseph's character to do that. Yet, understandably, he did plan to end the betrothal. Then Joseph had a dream. An angel addressed him with a a very important title. 
Joseph, son of David. Now, this is important because of what the Old Testament prophets said about the coming Messiah. They said that he would be of the house of David, of the lineage of David, that David was his ancestor. Then the angel told Joseph that that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit and that he should not be afraid to marry her. The angel told Joseph to name the baby Jesus and that the baby would save his people from their sins. So after the dream, Joseph changed his mind about divorcing Mary. He decided not to divorce her and and to stay with her. He named the baby Jesus. And by naming Mary's child, he was telling the world that Jesus was his legal son. And therefore, Joseph's lineage was also Jesus' lineage. Now, this tells us a lot about Joseph. You see, he was not only a son of David, and that's important to our story, but he was also a man of God. And we don't really know that much about Joseph outside of the first chapter of Matthew. Even though Paul mentions Mary a, a couple of times in his writing, he never mentions Joseph. In fact, after the story of Jesus' birth and his dedication in the temple, there was only one other reference to Joseph in all of the Gospels. And that's when Mary and Joseph and Jesus went to Jerusalem for Passover when Jesus was 12 years old. That's the last time we hear anything about Joseph. And because of that, many scholars believe that Joseph probably died while Jesus was a young boy. But, you know, even though we don't know very much about Joseph, I think there there are some things that we can infer about this man. For example, I think that Joseph was a man who was in control of his emotions. And that's very important because some people are ruled all of their lives by their emotions. And because of that, their lives are just one drama after another. Gordon MacDonald tells about a Nigerian woman who is a physician at a teaching hospital here in the United States. And when McDonald was uh, giving a lecture there, she, she stepped out of the crowd to introduce herself using an American name. And so McDonald asked her, what is your African name? And she immediately gave it to him. It, was, it had several syllables and, and, and a musical lilt to it. And then he asked her, what does that name mean? And she says, the name means child who takes the anger away. And when he asked why she was given that name, she said, my parents had been forbidden by their parents to marry, but they loved each other, so they defied their parents, they defied their families, and they married anyway. And for several years, they were ostracized from both families. And and then my mother became pregnant with me. And when my grandparents held me for the first time in their arms, the walls of hostility came tumbling down. And so I became the one who swept the anger away. And that's the name that my mother and father gave to me. MacDonald said that it occurred to him that her name would have been just as suitable for Jesus. And I think it would also have been a good name for Joseph, the one who swept anger away. I mean, think about it. Think about what happened in Joseph's life 
And think about how we would respond if that would happen to us. When someone hurts us, what is our natural inclination? Isn't it to strike back in anger? But let's think about Joseph. He thought that Mary was pregnant with the child of another man. And what did he do? Did he seek revenge? Did he drag her through the mud of public opinion? Did he demand justice? No. Of course he was hurt by this apparent break in their relationship. But he did not want to hurt her. And understandably, he did decide to end their betrothal. But when an angel came to him and assured him that things were not what they seemed, Joseph listened and did as the angel instructed. And so this tells us that Joseph was a man who could control his emotions. And that is such an important truth about Joseph. Because there are are many times in all of our lives when we will be tempted to respond in a hurtful manner. To say things that we can never take back. But you know something? If we hold our tongues and if we control our anger, then God can use us in wonderful ways. So that's the first thing that we can infer about Joseph today. He was in control of his anger. But I think we can also infer that Joseph was a man of great character. We know this from his willingness to take on the role of Jesus' father. I mean, even though Joseph was not biologically related to Jesus, he was willing to claim him as his own son. Pastor Philip McClarty tells about a friend of his many, many years ago whose girlfriend was pregnant. And he naturally assumed that he was the father, but word around school was that she'd been seeing other guys and that his friend may not have been the father after all. And back in those days, they didn't have the benefit of paternity testing, so there wasn't any way of knowing for sure, but there was enough to give his friend an out, so to speak, if he wanted it. And so he weighed the pros and cons. And he decided to ask his girlfriend to marry him, and she accepted. They got married. Shortly after, she gave birth to a daughter who quickly became and is today the apple of his eye. Now, at the time, the thought of getting married and becoming a parent was the farthest thing from this young man's mind. And yet, McClarty says that his friend would be the first to tell you that beyond all of his accomplishments... It was in becoming a father to this little girl that he found his true purpose in life. McClarty says, when I think about my friend, I am reminded of the faithfulness of Joseph. It has something to do with getting your own ego out of the way and putting others first, he says. It is an exercise in humility, and it's based on a simple trust that by God's grace... All things really do work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to God's purposes. You know, that's it, isn't it? It's a matter of getting our ego out of the way. And that's something that is so hard for many of us to do. But you know something? When push comes to shove, it's not about us. And we need to remember that. 
Some of you may remember in the mid-80s when Harry Belfonte teamed up with the fundraiser Ken Cragen to assemble some of the top names in the recording industry to create a hit record and then donate the proceeds to the African Famine, Famine Relief Project. Within days, pop stars like Stevie Wonder and Paul Simon and Billy Joel and Willie Nelson and Bruce Springsteen, Kenny Loggins and Bob Dylan, they all arrived at uh, Kenny Rogers' Lion's Share Studio. And a few mon- months later, this super group released, uh, released a, a, a hit song called We Are the World. Many of you remember that. It immediately became the fastest-selling pop song in history. Sales exceeded 20 million copies. The project raised over $63 million for humanitarian aid. But let's think about this for a moment. These were some of the most influential artists of the day. These were people who were accustomed to adulation and praise. But a few days before the musicians gathered there at the studio, Lionel Richie posted a sign above the entrance. And this is what the sign read. Check your ego at the door. Check your ego at the door. You know, it's, that's so important in all of our relationships. Joseph checked his ego at the door, and because he did, he became the father to the Savior of the world. And Joseph controlled his emotions. He was a man of great character. And finally, Joseph made a crucial difference in our world. Now, let's think about this for a minute. What do you think would have happened if Joseph had not been able to man up and do the right thing? Think about how different this story of Christmas might be. But that's not what happened, is it? He did man up. He listened to the words that the angel spoke to him. And the world has been blessed ever since. Now, apparently Joseph was on stage for just a few moments in this beautiful drama. Yet still, he had an important part to play. And so I want you to listen to this, my friends. Don't ever assume that just because you seem to be playing a minor role on the stage of life, that your life cannot have an impact. It can. And it does. And it will if you are willing, like Joseph, to follow the lead of God's Holy Spirit. Pastor Charles Ashcraft, Ashcroft tells about an interruption that occurred one afternoon while he was working at his desk. It was not a welcome inter- interruption. He was working on his Christmas sermon, and it was a man from his community named Joseph. Now, Joseph was a nice enough guy, but he just never seemed to be able to get his life pulled together. So Joseph came in. He sat down across Ashcroft's desk, and, and he was wearing a a bright orange jacket pulled over an ugly green plaid shirt, and he always wore these thick, thick glasses, which were invariably held together by white athletic tape. You know, you've seen it. His hands were stained a a brackish brown, and he obviously hadn't bathed in several days. And so Pastor Ashcroft asked him, What do you need, Joseph? And Joseph said, Well, I, I don't want anything. He said, I'm moving tomorrow. 
I have no reason to stay here any longer. The woman I'd paid a little rent to every month finally died of cancer, and I took care of her for three, three years, you know. She was a wonderful person, and, and I think she loved me, and I surely loved her, but we, we never spoke about it. And now it's Christmas, you know. It's that time of year when you just seem to be a little more sensitive. Well, by now, Ashcroft was feeling somewhat ashamed. And then Joseph said, I, I haven't come to ask you for anything, Pastor. Instead, I, want, I have something that I want to give to you. He said, in this grocery bag, I have all of my, all of my old eyeglasses. Sound familiar? <laughs> and I thought you might give them to those who are less fortunate. The less fortunate, Ashcroft asked. Now, really feeling ashamed? Yes, Joseph answered. You know, there are people out there who have so very little, and, and I have so much, he said. Must be five or six pair of glasses in here. And you know, God has given me so much more than I deserve. So I just want you to, I want to help out a little bit. He said, I'll send you a postcard from Indiana. I think I still have a sister up there. And with that, he stood up, he shook Pastor Ashcroft's hand, he walked out the door. And Ashcroft said he hasn't seen or heard from Joseph since then. You know, we might look at this man, Joseph, and say that he couldn't possibly have made much of an impact on the world. He didn't have much money. He certainly had no position of importance or power in the community. So how much difference could he make? But that's where we might be surprised. Because maybe somewhere along the way he profoundly touched someone's life. Perhaps the family of the woman with cancer that he looked after. Maybe a pair of his old eyeglasses will be of real benefit to someone whose life was, might touch the lives of others. And, and, and now what's happening here? You and I are hearing his story. So maybe it will make those of us who really do have more than we deserve to be more aware of those who truly are less fortunate during this Christmas season. The point is that when you go through life able to control your response to people so that you're able to deal with them gently, with love, and with forgiveness, and when you are a person of character so that people will know that you can be counted on to do what's right, and when you're able to check your ego at the door, then your life is crucial to God's plan for the world. And this is why. It is through these acts of love and kindness and responsibility and character and compassion that God is building God's kingdom. This humble man named Joseph, who assumed the role of Jesus' father, was just such a man. And you know something? If he wasn't, I think that the world might be a different place today. I thank my God for this good, good man. He truly was a good daddy to Jesus. Amen.
poverty, injustice, and suffering all around us. Like the third candle reminding us to be constant and patient in our relationships and in our living. We're going to go over the, um, the scripture that John read in a little bit a little bit ago, okay? It's the story of Jesus. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. O God, we can only admire the righteousness and trust of Joseph, who in the face of public scorn and humiliation took upon himself the responsibility of caring for Mary and her unborn child and who was faithful to your call. Lord, may the light of this candle... We're going to light the fourth candle now. Lord, may the light of this candle illumine our path through life so that our way is the way of righteousness, trust, and faithfulness. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.
Oh God, we have come into this place to see you. Not only as a baby in Bethlehem's barn, but as the Lord of Lords. Not only as a boy in Nazareth, but as the hope of the world. Not only as a rabbi teaching on a hillside and in a temple, but as the revealer of God. Not only one who climbed a cross, but one who was raised to life and is our hope for life everlasting. And so as we go from here, we believe that Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, will truly be with us today and always. May we gladly proclaim this good news to the world. Amen.